What's up, everyone? I'm Joe Pompliano, and this is The Joe Pomp Show. Today's podcast breaks down Formula One's Q2 2022 results, including a 50% increase in total revenue and record attendance for the first half of the 2022 season. I hope you enjoyed this breakdown. But before we get into it, let's quickly run through today's sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Whoop. I've been wearing a Whoop for several years now, and it has made a massive difference in my life. It's the only tech product that I wear 24-7, so it's pretty cool to see people like Patrick Mahomes, Rory McIlroy, Michael Phelps, and Justin Bieber wearing one also. Whoop automatically measures your respiratory rate, oxygen level, resting heart rate, heart rate variability, calories, and activity levels throughout the day. Sure, it might sound complex, but Whoop interprets the data for you, so it's easy to digest and actionable. And now, their 4.0 is officially back in stock and shipping in real time. But here's the best part. Whoop is offering 15% off when you use the code Joe at checkout. Go to Whoop, W-H-O-O-P.com and enter Joe, J-O-E, at checkout to save 15% and get free shipping. Sleep better, recover faster, train smarter, and now feel healthier with Whoop. Next up is Element. I've been focusing on my hydration levels for the last few months, and I've learned that chugging water isn't the most important thing, but replenishing electrolytes is. The easiest endorsement I can give is that since drinking Element, I feel more energized and experience fewer headaches and muscle cramps. It's simple. I just add it to my water every morning, and I'm ready to go. No sugar, no junk. There's a reason why hundreds of pro athletes and teams are using it also, because it works. And now, Element is offering my listeners a free sample pack with any purchase. That's eight single servings of free packets with any Element order. So get yours at drinkelement.com slash Joe. This deal is only available through my link. So make sure you go to drinkelement.com slash Joe, D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T dot com slash Joe. Next up is MoonPay the leader in Web3 infrastructure. Trusted by major crypto brands and millions of people worldwide, MoonPay is a portal to Web3, a place where you can transact with peers globally and own your digital identity. As blockchain technology continues to integrate with sports all across the world, teams and leagues are looking for simple solutions to unlock their digital markets. That's where MoonPay can help. Whether you are front office staff, a business executive, or a marketer, and you're looking to mint collectibles on the blockchain to create an NFT marketplace for your brand, MoonPay's technology can bring your digital strategies to life. So if you want to learn more, go to MoonPay.com slash Joe. That's MoonPay.com slash Joe. Joe Pompliano runs Pomp Investments. All views of Joe Pompliano and his guests are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Pomp Investments. You should not treat any opinion by Joe or his guests as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his personal opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only. All right, let's get into this episode. All right, what's going on, everyone? Formula One, otherwise known as Liberty Media, which is the parent company, reported their second quarter earnings for 2022 on Friday. And the results were extremely impressive. So I want to talk through some of the highlights. Formula One revenue increased 49% year over year for Q2 2022 to $744 million. That's up from $501 million for Q2 last year. F1 turned a profit of $65 million last quarter, which was up from a loss of $36 million in the same period last year. Formula One saw record attendance in the first half of the 2022 season, with four races recording over 300,000 fans in attendance. And the cash on F1's balance sheet decreased by $321 million, but the majority of that was driven by the $240 million purchase of 39 acres of land that Liberty Media made in Las Vegas to support the 2023 Las Vegas Grand Prix and other debt repayments. 
So debt repayments decreased by $148 million in Q2. So some of the other highlights from the earnings call, you can read it on Seeking Alpha. There's a link in the email today if you want to check it out. But some of the other highlights included renewing several contracts for the series. So for example, the Australian Grand Prix is now extended until 2035. So they'll be racing in Australia for over the next decade. They renewed a broadcast deal with their TV partner in Brazil through 2025. And Netflix has officially signed on for a fifth and sixth season of Drive to Survive. So we have a quote from Liberty Media's president and CEO, Greg Maffei. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but he said, Formula One is making the most of our growing worldwide popularity as evidenced by race attendance, TV viewership, and engagements across platforms. So again, revenue came in really strong, $744 million. Operating income came in at $49 million compared to a loss of $43 million last year. Basically, everything was increasing around the board. So primary Formula One revenue up 35%. Other Formula One revenue, which includes things kind of outside of just their traditional business, 214% increase. Total revenue up 49%. Team payments were down 19%. Other Formula One costs and revenue were down 34%. So same amount of races in the two periods, seven versus seven. And if you look at Formula One's shareholders, they probably have a lot to be happy about too. So Formula One is a publicly traded company through Liberty Media. Their ticker is F-W-O-N-K. And their stock, their equity price is up 40%, about 40% over the last year, and more than 200% since 2016. And if you compare that to the S&P 500, they have drastically outperformed the broader index. The S&P 500 is down 6.5% over the last year and is up about 70% over the last five years. So Formula One's up 40% over the last year. S&P 500 is down 6.5%. Formula One is up over 200% since 2016. And the S&P 500 is up 70% over the last five years. So drastic outperformance from Formula One as a group since they've been acquired by Liberty Media and went public. But to be honest, this report really shouldn't be all that surprising. Sure, Formula One is expanding into new territories. They're attracting more fans than ever before. And their stock price is up more than three times from its pandemic low. When it hit the pandemic, it was trading around 50 bucks. It went all the way down to about 20. Now it's up to 65. So drastic increase from where we were at the bottom of the pandemic, where kind of the market was freaking out. Multiples got slashed. Valuations got slashed. Revenue obviously declined, especially for a series like Formula One that couldn't have fans in attendance. Not only the grandstands were empty in 2020, but even last year, the paddock club was empty. And that's where all the hospitality, the high-end hospitality takes place. So when you compare them to 2021 Q2, it really shouldn't be all that surprising. Towards the latter half of the year, attendance picked up in some of these instances because the areas that they went into were more lenient as COVID was kind of being reduced in cases and, and hospitalizations and stuff like that. So not necessarily fair, but very, 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 very good results anyways. I actually think it's probably one of the best quarters that Liberty Media and F1 have put together in their six-year history as a publicly traded company. They are the world's top racing series. They are setting viewership records worldwide, especially in the lucrative U.S. market. And that's something that I don't think can be understated because if you look at basically all of the largest leagues here in the United States, Formula One has way more fans worldwide than the NFL does. The NFL is mainly a domestic league. Sure, they're expanding internationally now. They're trying to do the Olympics for flag football. They're playing games in London, Mexico City, Germany, et cetera. But ultimately, Formula One is much more global. They have a much larger fan base, but they don't monetize their fans as effectively. Part of that is the business model for sure, but also part of that is that the U.S. market is the largest economy in the world. Their fans will spend more money on these type of things. So 
that is a big, big, big deal that they're expanding viewership here in the United States. We'll talk about that in a second. But next season will also be the biggest Formula One schedule in history with 24 races running over 39 weeks from March to November. So they've expanded the calendar. They're really going to expand it again. You get to this weird scenario where you can't expand it too much because then you're putting too much pressure on these teams. There's a lot of travel that goes into these. Obviously, you're, you're switching continents and so forth. So who knows? 26th look at for now, but 24 will be next year. And we'll see where we go from there. And then in the first half of the 2022 season, Formula One has seen record attendance figures for both the grandstands and the paddock club. So grandstands are your traditional seats. Record amounts of people have been attending those races in the grandstands and also the paddock club. The paddock club is the luxury kind of high-end seating that's right above the pits. You have free drinks, free food, all that kind of stuff. Really expensive to attend in those areas, typically depending on the location of the race. That all has set records, grandstands and paddock club. So to me, the bottom line is like very clear. More fans worldwide are consuming more Formula One content, attending more Formula One races, and spending more money on Formula One. It's that simple. They're going to more races, they're, they're consuming more content, and they're spending more money. And that's exactly what Formula One wants. So if you look at Formula One's Q2 revenue growth over the last few years, this will give you a good idea of how much of it was impacted by the pandemic. So 2019, Formula One recorded $620 million of revenue in Q2. 2020 went all the way down to 24 million. So 620 million to 24 million. That was obviously the pandemic. Then it went to 501 million, which was still pretty significantly below the 621 million they they recorded pre-pandemic. And then this year we're back at 744, which is a pretty significant increase now post-pandemic where the races are full, the grandstands are full, the paddock club is full. And there's a bunch of different reasons for that. Netflix is obviously a part. They've done a bunch of good things when it comes to, you know, people will argue about the regulations this year. I think it's probably improved racing to a degree. We see more passing kind of in the midfield and stuff like that. Verstappen obviously has a big lead and, and you can argue whether that's been helpful or not. But at the end of the day, the racing has improved to some degree, I believe. And they've done a bunch of other things that have attracted more people, right? So if you look at the attendance highlights, which is obviously a big part of this revenue growth. They have four races in 2022 that have had over 300,000 fans in attendance. That's over the three-day weekends. For those that don't know, that's not common, right? So four races, over 300,000 fans is extremely impressive. Doesn't happen every year, and it certainly wasn't happening five, six, seven, eight, nine years ago. And now these races are, are true large, large, large sporting events. They're concerts, they're food, they're entertainment, they're all of those things. So four races in 2022 with 300,000 fans in attendance. The Hungarian Grand Prix was the largest ticketed sporting event in the history of Hungary with 290,000 people in attendance. So the largest ticketed sporting event in the history of the country. And the Paddock Club has now seen 35,000 people across nine events this year, including a record-breaking 7,500 guests at Silverstone. So 7,500 people attended the Paddock Club in Silverstone. And again, the reason why that's important is because these people are paying a multiple of what the people in the grandstands are paying. They're paying for access to the pits. They're paying for access to the drivers. They're paying for foods, for drinks, for a good view, for all of that. So those are the highest priced tickets usually for these type of events. From the one says they've had 35,000 fans attend the Paddock Club over nine events this year, including a record-breaking 7,500 guests at Silverstone. And then if you look at viewership back to the US market, which I talked about previously, in 2020, We'll just start there because the numbers were even worse prior to that. But in 2020, 608,000 average viewers per race in the United States. In 2021, saw a drastic increase, almost 50% to 930,000 average viewers per race. In 2022, we've now seen another massive jump to 1.3 million average viewers per race here in the United States. And the interesting part to me is that 
this is not just marquee races that U.S. fans are watching. It feels like they have really bought into the sport. And you can look at social media metrics. You can look at viewership metrics. There's a bunch of different websites that have actually seen all the uh, media companies in Formula One. They sometimes break it out by U.S. metrics. And basically, all of them are through the roof. They're all saying, look, this is obviously a huge bonus for us. We're seeing tremendous growth from U.S. market, U.S. consumers. But I think that the most interesting part about this is, like, if you looked at the races, Monaco, Miami, Austin, those were always going to have solid U.S. viewership. Maybe throw Silverstone or some others in there also. But the point is, the marquee races were always going to have solid U.S. viewership, biggest races of the year. But the Hungarian Grand Prix, to that point, averaged 1.23 million viewers this year. That's crazy relative to the U.S. market viewership historically. And then you have Monza, Austin, Mexico City, and the finale in Abu Dhabi still left on the calendar. So my guess is, and I think probably the 2022 F1 season with those races still left on the calendar and sitting at kind of 1.3 million average viewers per race, it's probably going to go even higher than that this year. And obviously that's provided Max Verstappen and Red Bull don't win by 150 points or something like that. But still, a jump from 608,000 viewers per race in the United States to 930,000 viewers per race to 1.3 million or even higher than that over three-year period is obviously extremely impressive. So what has this done? This has led to a new deal with ESPN here in the United States. For those that don't know, Formula One literally gave the rights to ESPN for free a few years ago. They said, hey, just broadcast it. We want our races on TV. We want people to get exposure to these events, which was obviously extremely smart. And now they've signed a new deal. The Sports Business Journal reported this a few months ago, I believe at this point now, for 75 to $90 million annually, which is up from $5 million. So they went from free to air it to $5 million annually, and now it's going to be 75 to $90 million annually. So they're making a considerable amount more. And if I really had to guess, I assume that this is only the beginning. I think these rights are going to go higher. I think ESPN strategically made part of the deal that they can put one or two or maybe even three races exclusively on ESPN Plus so they get some added value of it also. Because one of the things that you have to remember is that these are ad-free races. They don't monetize it through advertisements during the actual event. So ESPN has to get some value out of this also. But I think it's tremendous to see from Formula One that they obviously went from zero money for that TV rights to $5 million for those TV rights, now 75 to $90 million for those TV rights. And it's only going to get bigger because now they have a third race coming to the United States in Las Vegas. And the interesting part about the Las Vegas race is that traditionally the way Formula One works is it's an extremely asset light business, meaning what they do is they find promoters in these areas. They sell them the rights to host the race. Those people pay a hosting fee, sometimes 20 million, 30 million, 50 million, 90 million, maybe even depending on the location of the race and the desire to get it there. And then they basically run everything. Obviously, you have to meet the FIA guidelines and you have to do things how Formula One wants it, but then you control everything else and you make a profit depending on how you actually run the race. In Las Vegas, they're doing the opposite. Formula One is going to be hosting the race. They are going to be the ones putting on the race with event partners and stuff like that. So I do think it will be extremely interesting to see how that goes because if they're able to make a magnitude more per race, if they're able to pull in more money doing it themselves, maybe that's the way they go in the future. I think we will see, but I do think that Formula One is now turning gears and, and, and lifting levers to figure out how they can monetize this even to a higher degree, especially with the market in the United States growing. Three races may be even just the start, but now it is obviously more than any other country in the world has for a year, and it might only get bigger with them adding more races or moving races from other areas. So this is an interesting story to watch, but as I said, my guess is that it only gets bigger. I hope everyone has a great day. We'll talk tomorrow. All right, everyone. That's it for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, I appreciate you listening to The Joe Pomp Show. 
Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Spotify so that you don't miss any episodes going forward. And if you are looking for additional content, check out my daily newsletter at readhuddleup.com or follow me on Twitter at Joe Pompliano. I hope you have a great day and I'll see you next time.